I'm Brian Coleman, and you're listening to The Sound Balloons. afternoon or evening depending on when this finds you welcome to the sound of the loons podcast it has been a while it's very satisfying to say that intro again i'm steve mcpherson and i'm joined by a man i have missed terribly low these many weeks callum williams before we get going i wanted to let you know that allianz life and minnesota united have partnered with keystone community services a local nonprofit benefiting the midway area to help support our neighbors during this time of need Allianz Field, oh, sorry, Allianz Life will be matching donations up to $50,000. To learn more about how you can donate, go to mnufc.com slash Keystone. Uh, very important. We're working with community partners on uh, providing help to those in need. So that's a great uh, cause you all should uh, support when you can. Cal, we have not had a proper sound of the loons in a few weeks, but the good news is that's given me time to comb through the archives and put together some fun stuff for this which is our 100th episode. Can you believe it's already been 100 episodes? Yeah, quite crazy. I remember when we first sort of had the idea, I remember when you pitched this uh, a while ago, and, and um, I kind of thought to myself, yeah, what a great idea, thinking that, you know, we do the old one sort of sporadically and whatnot, and, and here we are on 100 episodes. So uh, congratulations to you, mate. Wonderful idea. And uh, yeah, let's get it, uh, get it going, shall we? Yeah, and congrats to you as well. I I, I miss many things during this uh, quarantine. I'm I'm missing live soccer. Going back to listening to some of the the old podcasts and some of the interviews, um, I miss that that rhythm of going to training and having games. Uh, I miss the games because honestly, it's one of those things that comes back in the off season when you don't have games. It's just so much more fun. You're, you start going like, "What are we doing? Like, what are we a team? What are we a company that does?" And then soccer starts happening. You're like, "Oh yes, we play soccer. That's what we do." But what I miss the most is your tea. So I have not had a decent cup of tea, <laughs> a decent cuppa in a while. So, well, I'll have to figure out a way to send you one because um, I, I have had too many. Um, I was very fortunate when my my parents came to visit at the tail end of last year. Um, my mother brought me over a substantial large bag of, uh, of tea and um, Thai food tea for, for those tea enthusiasts listening. Um, and uh, it, it, it has served me well. I'm on about two or three cups a day, mate, because as an Englishman um, abroad, uh, there's nothing better than a good cup of tea, especially during these rather stressful times as well. Sure. I, I have actually managed to cut back on my coffee consumption a little bit, which I think has made me better as a, a human being. <laughs> um, I've, I've sort of been, usually my, my usual morning routine is a full travel mug of coffee and then a couple more mugs of coffee at the office usually, usually just two. Um, but now I'm just stay, strictly down to basically just that mug in the morning. Um, and that's, I think I've had, I've had fewer headaches, um, but a lot less energy also. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a, it's a toss up. So I'm still drinking a little coffee right now. So, you know, <laughs> you've done quite well there, actually, because I, as I mentioned, I'm the complete polar opposite where I'm, I'm having a lot of coffee in the morning. I think it's quite interesting and quite important, actually, during these precarious times to to sort of get yourself into a routine if possible. Absolutely. And um, it just simple little things like whenever I wake up, it's you know usually sort of 8, 8, 30, 9, 9.30, whatever in the morning here uh, during this time. Um, I, uh, I just make myself a cup of coffee and I go out on the on the balcony that we have here at the apartments and, and just, just sit on, on the, the chairs outside and, and just read an article or two with a cup of coffee and, and just, you know, just because it, it sort of feels like a, a routine, it feels like I'm back at work sort of, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's difficult, um, but I, I think it's important. And, and, and if that identifies as routine, then, then so be it, because otherwise I, I don't know what I would do, to be honest. So, um, but what, what it does do is, is, is it means that I have copious amounts of coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon. Nothing really changes from that aspect, because that's the same as, as regular life, if you will. But the only thing that's changed really, Steve, uh, from myself, is that my, um, my hair has gotten larger and, and my, my waistline has expanded. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the hair is... 
the hair is a challenge. I, my, my wife finally like gave me a little bit of a, a shave on the neck because my hair just goes all the way down my neck, basically, if I don't trim it. Uh, it was like I could start braiding it. So she, she cleaned that up a little bit. But the top is, there's a, there's a lot of volume up there. Um, but um, but let's, uh, let's get into some history here. Uh, as I was working on this, I remember, I mean, obviously, we started the podcast uh, in 2018, but I was remembering uh, meeting you. I have a very distinct memory of, of meeting you for the first time, uh, which was at the the kit uh, reveal in 2017, which was a couple weeks after I had been hired by the club, and it was at the machine shop in uh, Minneapolis. That's right. And uh, I think you had just just arrived, basically. Literally, um, the, I think the night before I I got on into Minneapolis ship. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, there was, I was looking back at photos also, and I think that Kendra and Jamie were mostly emceeing that and you were not involved. Um, but I remember I had talked to you about, I was, you know, I was like, cause I think I remember talking to you about what did you do last night? Cause you had like just gotten in and you know, it was basically what you would do every night. I think you said you'd gone to the pub for, <laughs> for a beer basically. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I just had a real, it was one of those, it took me back to remembering when I first got hired by the club and sort of the way that that first, you know, the first month of doing any job is like every day you're like, well, who's this person? Well, who's this person? Well, who's this person? So, um, so I remember meeting you and being a little intimidated by your, your British accent, I think. <laughs> well, there's, there's certainly no need to be intimidated because it's, uh, <laughs> as you're now aware, I'm a, a warm, cuddly individual who, who, uh, it's not a fan of compensation at all. So yes. uh, we will get into the, uh, the 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 cuddliness at 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 some point in this in this <laughs> podcast. Um, so let's so let's go back. We're going to listen to the the, the first intro uh, for the first episode, which we found, which is from January thirtieth, twenty eighteen. Um, so we each introduce ourselves a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about after it gets going. First of all, the the show started as the Everything Soccer Podcast, the Everything Comma Soccer Podcast before it was Sound of the Loon. So uh, sound quality. Leaves a little something to be desired, but now you'll see how far, just how far we've come. It's historic. It's euphoric. It's iconic. They score again. They smile again. They dance again. This stage, same script. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Uh, welcome to Everything Soccer. This is the MNUFC podcast where we'll be discussing a little soccer and a lot of everything. Uh, I'm Steve McPherson. I'm a writer for the club. I guess I'm the writer for the club. I think the, so as well, yeah. The lead writer, I don't know, head writer. Do you give yourself a, a I'm one of those lead writer. Yeah. Lead writer sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> I was thinking about it this morning. I was trying to figure out if I should just say a writer. The no, writer. Give, when give, I talk to the players, your, I say, "Give yourself the credit you deserve." Okay. Lead writer, <laughs> the lead writer for the club. <laughs> and I'm joined by this this other man, uh, Callum Williams, who is uh, speaking right now. And I, I think his job is mostly to speak with a British accent. <laughs> sound good. So, um, but what exactly do you do around here? Well, I'm still trying to figure that out, Steve. Actually, um, <laughs> I've been here for a year, still scratching my head. Um, play-by-play commentator, broadcaster. Um, Sounding British, uh, perhaps uh, another title. I, I don't really know. To be honest. It brings a little gravitas to the organization. <laughs> yeah. So, first of all, why were we recording that in adjacent bathroom stalls? I don't really, huh. I don't really remember what the setup was, but it it sounded it sounded horrible. <laughs> yeah, there'll be um, radio people and, and whatnot listening to this, uh, cringing. I must yeah. admit, straight away when I heard the audio, I was like, "Ooh, that." that <laughs> That doesn't sound great, but um, yeah, it, it's uh, wow. We, we, we have come a long way. That's um, that is crazy. And also, by the way, um, to answer the very first question of this podcast, I still have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing as well. <laughs> yes, I uh, I did get a, a, a formal title change, so I am now technically senior editor digital content, uh, which is uh, hopefully a step up from from writer, which is uh, I was a copywriter originally. So, um, but it was. It was a very ad hoc operation at first. I think we had to record on two computers and and sync the audio together, uh, which is crazy. That uh, that intro that intro music was like we just needed something, and that was actually a demo of, of that I had made um, for my band. I had, it became a song later on. This is here's a little bit of the song. It actually was. So this is like with an actual band. Um, but that first, 
intro music was just like a demo I had made on GarageBand and I had it. <laughs> so we were like, we need a song. So we, we played that. Um, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of a crazy uh, intro. And again, it was this sort of thing of like podcasting, like something we should get into. So, and, uh, and it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I think right from the beginning, I think we had, we had a really good time. Um, yeah, absolutely. We did. Let's, uh, we're going to go over some guests. Uh, we've had uh, some guests. I think we try to sort of balance just uh, the week to week talking about soccer with having occasional guests, um, many, many players. Uh, we're going to start with uh, uh, an interview with Brent Coleman, which is from early on. It's in, in episode 26. And um, I think you were, you were away for this interview, but um, we talked basically zero soccer. Uh, it was, we talked about, uh, poker, which he is a huge fan of and fishing and fantasy football. Uh, and of course men's grooming, which is a thing which already came up on this podcast, just as we were talking about our, our hair situation. So this apparently comes up a lot. Um, but you know, you know that if you follow the team for a while, you know, Brent Coleman, uh, originally had a very sort of Thor-esque mane of hair. Uh, maybe or Tim Riggins ask if anybody's watching Friday Night Lights like I am right now. Uh, but he eventually cut it. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how he got that hair and then how he lost it. Let's listen to that. <laughs> well, that was kind of how it started. I didn't have a job where I had to really cut my hair, you know, yeah. much of a dress code. Right. So, I mean, if you saw me back in 2014, 2015, I looked pretty grungy. <laughs> I usually had some some facial hair, like a beard going in or some just really ugly hair. It was bad. Is that part of why you went into professional soccer? Just because you didn't want to have to wear nice clothes? 100%. That's yeah. the only reason why I started playing, yeah. <laughs> the dress code is pretty relaxed. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it actually started as a bet. It was started as a bet yes. with one of my friends that right. you couldn't, I think it was July. It was like halfway through the year and you couldn't make, you can't make it till the end of the year, to the new year without cutting your hair. I was like, free money, baby. I don't have to cut it for anything. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was easy. a bet to grow it out. And then as I understand it, it was a fund was started to, for you to cut it as well, right? Yeah. Okay. That kind of came out of nowhere too. Do you want me to tell the story? Quick? Tell the story. All yeah. right. All right. So we were in Houston last year and uh, Calvo played soccer down there in college for mm -hmm. a year or two. And uh, he had a barber friend that came to the hotel and was cutting everybody's hair. And I was just walking by the by the room in the hotel, and I heard them in there. So I went in, and they're, they're cutting hair, and all of a sudden they start throwing it around. Brent, how much for you to cut your hair right now? Uh, I said, I don't know. You know, one hundred? No. Two hundred? No. And it just kept going up. I won't say exactly how much I got paid. Sure. But it got to the point where I was just like, all right, I can't say no anymore. This is a good investment. It was a great investment. It was right. the best deal I've ever made. <laughs> I won't come close to making a deal that good again because these guys paid me to get a better look. Right. <laughs> Which I, I remember that story that, that, that first year about him uh, cutting his hair. Cause it, when he did cut it, I sort of, I, I missed it. Cause I also had long hair um, that first year with the club, but he definitely looks better. And I also appreciate, appreciate the shrewdness uh, of Brent as, I mean, I feel like this feeds into the, the poker playing mentality because, you know, he, he took a bet to grow his hair out and then he got paid to cut it. So it's, it's, uh, it's all profit, which is amazing. <laughs> I remember actually um, when we were at the stadium in Houston, uh, when we got to the hotel, Brent Coleman was Brent Coleman with long hair. And myself and Kendra and Jamie at the time were, were on air and our director was, was cutting to a couple of, of individual players. We, we must have been doing uh, something involving individual players or... or something I, I can't remember but I remember the, the shot went to Brent Coleman and Kendra was in the middle of, of making a point of some sort and she just stopped and went what <laughs> hey, hold a second or, or something along those lines and and she her her like it was such a Minnesotan reaction <laughs> on the air um such an innocence about it because we had no idea that Brent Coleman had cut his hair and and it, it caught all of us, but but certainly Kendra off guard. And as I said, she was in the middle of making a point, and uh, that's how we found out. Anyway, <laughs> you got to keep them guessing with the hair. This is this is this is my policy, basically. And I think uh, that uh, it, it seems like well, Brent has sort of been consistent with his haircut and his look since then. But uh, I definitely appreciate just springing it on everybody. So, um, so this uh, next clip comes from episode what was called fifty two point five because it was the same week. It was the week leading up to. Uh, the home opener at Allianz Field uh, in the inaugural season. And it was when we had uh, Men in Blazers on the pod, uh, which was a super crazy, 
fun thing that we got to do. This was recorded in the uh, the dressing room of the Orpheum Theater um, just a couple of days before that inaugural game between Minnesota and NYCFC. And Raj and Devo were in town to do a live event there, uh, as was uh, MLS Commissioner Don Garber, who we also had on the pod. And it was great to have them on the pod. I mean, they're just such fun guys. And uh, Raj, in particular, you know, has sort of the soul of a poet when it comes to capturing the emotions around a game. And he had he had a great little bit talking about sort of the history of Minnesota soccer and you know what it's what it's going to mean to open Allianz Field. So let's let's listen to that. Researching this show, which is just an honor to be here the night before something so momentous um, happens in America. But anyone who loves the game. And it's rise in America. What you are building in Minnesota is just, from the outside, just so thrilling to see. And you you look at football in this state, what a rich and wonderful history flows through the veins of, of just Minnesota's tapestry. You know, the, the, um, to have Alan Merrick come on stage tonight, I was so uh, excited to have him come on and talk about the kicks and you know, the story of the thunder and the stars and... You know, Buzz Lagos just touching the lives of thousands and thousands of kids across this state, weaving a passion uh, for the game and it building up with a crescendo through um, Minnesota United and the unveiling of this stadium here. I mean, it really is. It's like, Joe, it's like Winterfell. You have, you have, it's like being at Castle Winterfell. The day <laughs> Castle Winterfell was like finished and I'm like, all right, we'll call it Winterfell. Let's have a party. Let's open Castle Winterfell to the public. And that's what it feels like. It's a momentous, genuinely wonderful occasion that out of this history, this, uh, this constant desire, this incredibly tenacious footballing culture. You know, there's been booms, there's been busts, there's been days of wonder, there's been uh, dark times, but football itself never stopped coming. It's that, to me, it's, a, yeah, amazing. it's the most resilient footballing culture um, I've ever seen. And so to see that resiliency, we're going to have all of the, uh, many of the fan groups come on stage tonight. And the people I'm most looking forward to meeting are the members of the Dark Clouds. They're like 2004, been there in the snow, in the sleet, in the rain, seen a lot of darkness, stayed with it. And I just wonder what they must be feeling tonight as they approach this first weekend where they're going to be standing with a couple of thousand uh, fellow fans and just reveling in getting their just reward. It's a magnificent story. Yeah, and so um, we're going to hear from some uh, a dark cloud in the, the next segment, actually. Um, but uh, so it, it ties in pretty well there. But um, what do you what do you remember, Cal, from that sort of that event and that that week leading up to to Allianz Field? It was really fun for me to go back and and sort of think about that moment and remember, you know. Uh, and I think Raj touches on the history there, which is really important to think about, like. Allianz Field didn't spring out of nothing. Like it comes from decades of, of soccer culture and, and, and recognizing and honoring that in a lot of ways, you know, there's, there's the clock at, at Allianz Field that harks back to the clock at NSC, which is connected to um, a, a, a clock in, in a stadium in Germany. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And it, it was a nice reminder of just, you know, what that, what that week sort of felt like. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that week was, I, I mean, whenever you open a, stadium the the week leading up to it is um is crazy but i think um the, the one thing which, which again was just clearly evident to me is is the the sort of the the burgeoning want from from fans for, for this to happen and, and for it to work it's it's always been there and, and roger touched on it um, very eloquently there um just how much football means in, in in this part of the country because we can safely say it's, it's not that way every uh, in every corner of this country um you know and 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 I think the fact that there is such a history here um it, it was always going to work here it was always going to work here and, and quite frankly I, I look the reasons why MLS didn't come here for such a long time was because that the ownership group weren't here to take it but um quite frankly I I think Minnesota would have been um we would have been okay with any sort of ownership group coming into to this league because it was always going to work here. Um, and if you go back to, to the days, I mean, I remember before I came here, I remember um, going back and watching a lot of tape and doing a lot of research on, on the history of the of the Minnesota Kicks um, and um, and then moving into the more modern day era um, with with the NSE Stars. Um, and 
you know, the, the rebrand in, into United and all this kind of stuff. And the one thing which which was always clearly evident was that the, there was a supporters group here and it was a vibrant supporters group. And, um, you know, that that's in, and this is why it's so difficult right now, you know, in, in the times that we are watching, watching games that have empty stadiums, because it, it's, it's proof that, that fans are the lifeblood of a football club. Um, for, for me, the Wonderwall absolutely is the heart and soul of Minnesota United. And w- without the Wonderwall, the, the club is a shadow of, of, of what it could be. And um, But that, that week was was crazy. We, we did, I lost count of the amount of events we did, the amount of press, um, public appearances, all that kind of stuff. And um, I just remember um, Roger and, uh, and, and uh, Michael were, were great because they, they were just, they were so welcoming. Um, they were so, um, you, you could tell that they, it, it wasn't fake, you know, you could tell they were so happy to be there. They were honored to be there. And I remember, um, I, I, I do remember, uh, having a, a beer with, uh, with Rog after the whole thing. Um, it was a little, um, a little shindig, if you will, afterwards. And, 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 uh, he, we, we spent a little bit of time together and, and, his, his passion was infectious. It really was. His passion for the sport in this country was. And that's why I think he fits in so well here. And I'm not saying um, Davo didn't, um, but I, I think Roger, because he, he's more of the outspoken one, isn't he, of, of the two of them. Yeah. It was just great to, to see how much he enjoyed uh, being a part of it all. And, and as I said, he said some very nice things about uh, about the club and, and the Twin Cities and everything during his time here. And But what, what I will say is what, what was interesting when we were doing the podcast with them, and you mentioned we were doing it in the little um, dressing room, if you will, yeah. uh, off, of the, off of the stage. And um, we're fortunate that we, we get to be around a lot of athletes and, and some people view athletes as, as famous. We've been around, you know, famous people in the past and, and what have you, whether it's with this gig or... or uh, previous endeavours or whatever, but for the very first time, I remember when when they both walked in, but particularly when Roger walked in, and he had two beers in his hands and clearly had a skinful before as well. It was the first time in my life I'd ever felt as though I was in the presence of a true rock star, like a rock and roll star, because he just didn't give any craps at all. The fact that he'd clearly had a skinful, he'd had a load of booze but it was a part of his routine. It was just the way he was. And, yeah. and from what I remember, he was they were both brilliant that night as well. So um, yeah. I, I just remember feeling as though we were in the presence of a true rock and roll star and a duo that, that means so much to American soccer as well. So it was uh, it, it was a fun evening and, and the week leading up to it was, was you know, it, it, was, it was a historic week and um, I, I hope to never forget it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, doing that pod with them was great, and they were at total pros. I remember being really impressed with with Roger, especially in just his level of preparation. He's, he's talking about doing research when they went out and did the show. I mean, he he had it all under his belt, like the whole history of soccer in Minnesota, and uh, I think he really grasped what it was about um, and that supporters culture, which is what we're getting into right now. In, in episode 21, we had um, uh, Nachiket Karnick from the Dark Clouds and Miranda Muller from True North Elite. Uh, at the time, we had to go to the what was the 1500 ESPN studios, now the Score North studios, uh, because we had no way to record more than two people at a time. So we went there to use the microphones and everything like that. And it was great to have them on. And I was talking with uh, Tyson, or who sort of helps produce this podcast and is the the, the digital content manager. And uh, we were saying we got to have some more fans on because it's been a while. You know, sometimes the schedule gets away from you. It's hard to uh, fit things in. Um, you know, and now that we have the capacity to really record more people and do that, I definitely want to do more stuff with with supporters. But uh, my favorite bit from this was uh, Notch explaining how he just became a supporter. And I, it's, a, it's, it's a fun story. And it's also just, I feel like, emblematic of the way, if you think about the fact that all of those, you know, thousands of people who are in the Wonderwall every week, like how that, that each one of them has a story like this about how they came to soccer is really fun. So let's listen to Notch talking about how he got into supporting soccer in Minnesota. Yeah, Notch, let's hear from you a little bit about how you became a soccer fan and then, and then a member of Dark Clouds. You know, I was reflecting on this and it's kind of the quintessential millennial mid-20s story. You move somewhere for a job and you're unhappy and you, you wake up one morning and you're like, I don't have any friends, man. I don't have any hobbies. I, I need something to 
to, to do with my life. And so I started this thing. I, it, you start with the meetup groups. You start playing mm-hmm. softball with people you don't know. And then I, I would remember I was invited by a, for, uh, an existing friend of mine to another friend Brad's place. I walk in, I see some flags and soccer shoes at the door. And mm-hmm. I don't know how I made the connection between the two, but I was like, these are soccer flags. That's like the Minnesota soccer team's colors. Those are the stars colors, man. And he's like, yeah, they are. Do you want to go to a game? Because I have this policy where if it's your first game, I'm going to buy you your ticket and buy you a beer. What I a mean, good deal. Right? It's like, yeah, it's a great way to get introduced. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it was perfect. I was like, oh, this sounds fantastic. This sounds amazing. And I said yes immediately. I went to the game. It was, it was one of the games at the Metrodome, actually, against FC oh, wow. Edmonton. Okay. And this is going to be important in a second. So I show up, and Brad immediately abandons me. Because turns out he does what, like, Miranda <laughs> and I do with our organizations. He was really busy with the Dark Clouds back then. And so the next thing I know, he's like, go to section, blah, 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 just just, just go there. <laughs> and he gives me a beer. And I was like, okay, all right, fine. Next thing I see, he's running across the pitch with a huge flag. I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like, what does he do here? Am I, am I going to see him again? And so I'm really, like, awkward, you know, feeling weird about things. And the next thing I hear is people start screaming. And this is, again, a little funny because my accent doesn't do it right. Lance Lance underpants, except in the American accent, it'd be Lance Lance underpants with Ryan. Sure, I see. It's FC Edmonton's goalkeeper, Lance Parker, is a Calvin Klein underwear model, as I later find out. I was like, why are people shouting? Someone's like, yeah, he's an underwear model, man. And they're heckling the goalkeeper the whole way through the pre-match training. And then the game starts up and people start singing these like funny songs. And then they're singing about Minnesota with all this intensity. And for a guy who's new into town, like finding something to do like this, you felt like you were part of something right away. Yeah. It's just a great, great story. I think that I've been to a, I've been to an MNUFC game at, um, at the Metrodome also in the, in the team's first season before when it, when they became Minnesota United before moving to NSC. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy disorienting, you know, like sort of ad hoc thing, but it was, it was super fun. And I just love Notch's description of it. Wonderful. Really, really wonderful. Um, do you know that's the one sort of, I guess, not not really regret, Steve, because I couldn't really do much about it, but it's the one thing I sort of wish I would have done, and that's have gone to a, a game, gone to an NASL game at uh, at the NSC. I, I really wish I would have experienced that because I, I I hear nothing but but positive stories about it. You know, there's there's of course there's stories about the difficulties of hosting professional soccer there and everything, but. Um, there's so many people who talk so fondly of it. And, and the main reason for that is, is because of the Dark Clouds and True North Elite and, and the supporters group. And um, everybody's so welcoming. Um, people like Nats and, um, you know, I, I don't want to go start naming people because I don't want to forget anybody. But, I mean, people like um, like uh, Sam, who, who, who runs the Capo and everything um, with, with Nats, I believe, you know, it, it, just a, a footballing goddess. She really is, you know, mm-hmm. and just... just uh, so vocal with with passionate support. Her husband Colin is wonderful as well, and um, you know there's the, the so many supporters groups that that do so much for this club, and and, and they just do it just for their love of the game. The lads uh, who, who organises the, the away trips as well, you know, all, all wonderful and such a vital part of, of the growth of, of not only Minnesota United but, but just soccer in general, you know. And and this is the thing again. I'll, I'll go back to what I said previously. We in, in this country, more than most, rely on fans because at the end of the day, we're still trying to, to sell this product. We're still trying to sell Minnesota United yep. and Major League Soccer and, and, and sometimes soccer in general. And imagine if you, you, you pitch it to somebody and you get to Allianz Field and, and it's great. You know, the stadium's unbelievable, one of the best in the country. Um, and... and People will love it regardless of what they think of, of the sports. But imagine it without fans. That's where I think that's where I think the selling point becomes a little more um, a little more blunt, and you, you don't get that sharp edge, and you don't get that enthusiasm and passion that comes through so vigorously from from the supporters. Um, and, and this is why, for, for, for me, Steve, I, being being in this uh, being in this league now, this is my, my tenth season, um, and seeing the support that has grown so so rapidly, 
and rapidly over the, the course of that time has, has been wonderful to see. Um, and there's no reason why it can't continue as long as these people continue to do what they're doing. You know, you and I can do th this kind of stuff and, and the marketing team can do their bit and the team can do their bit on the fields. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that football is nothing without the fans. And if you don't have the fans, you haven't got a football club, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be. I mean, we all know that the the, the future is 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 muddy and unclear. Um, it seems inevitable that we're going to have some games without fans um, at some point. It's going to be an interesting lesson in in exactly. I mean, I think we're going to see very starkly exactly what they bring, and then all the more excited to eventually one day get back to playing with fans in the stands because uh, that's that's where it's at. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, some player uh, clips. We talk a lot of uh, soccer with players, but I also like talking about things that are not soccer at all. And uh, somebody who's always up for that is Ike Opara, who's uh, a fantastic guy to talk to, just a really straight ahead, fun guy, you know, is a, is a regular guest on the, the Benny and Sal podcast. I'm putting the plug, I'm putting the plug in here, Ike, because I know he, he likes to plug that podcast. Uh, and, uh, we have talked food with Ike before he, you know, as a, as a Kansas city guy, when you're in Kansas city, I remember asking him for recommendations. He sent me to Q39, which was fantastic. So, um, we were talking a little bit about places in the twin cities. Maybe he's gotten to, he really liked the happy gnome, which I believe has since closed. Um, but then I was giving my recommendation and, and, and Ike has, has some opinions on salad. So let's hear Ike on salad. There's a uh, revival. Have you been there? That's right down the street have from not. I have not really good. They have great fried chicken and great burgers. Okay. Um, but I really enjoy revival is one of those places that I try to send people who come here. So. I can't eat that kind of stuff. You know that. I mean, you had a, duck, a lie. You had a duck burger. <laughs> it depends. Was it duck fried? Was it grilled? Right. Okay. Like, you okay. Know, okay. Okay. I don't right. know. So you're looking for like the best salad. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I don't pay for salads going on. That's actually the one thing I refuse to pay for. Sure. I'm like, I'm not buying a salad as an entree. I can just make that at home. <laughs> And get so furious at me. And I'm like, why? Just go bag the bag salad at home if you really just want a salad. I, I, here's my issue with salads that you make yourself. They're never as creative or 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 guided. Yeah. You know, like I, I go to a salad bar and I end up I pick things that I think are good, and then I just end up with like, well, this is just a it's a mix of everything. It doesn't have an identity. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that yeah. logic at all. But however, you're gonna be hungry in seven minutes. So what's the point of paying fifty dollars for a salad? I, I like the whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. You gotta put. <laughs> I, one thing I really appreciate about that exchange is how you know, like I, I put a point for it. He's like, I don't disagree with that point. What I argue, he had like a separate line of argument with that. Uh, just, just such a joy to talk to Ike. He's great. Ike's a really good lad and um, has been for, for many years. Um, but he has sort of uh, matured into this role now, hasn't he, of, of sort of like a, a leader in the locker room. Um, and he's just such, um, you know, when you, when you think of, of a leader, you think of someone who a lot of the times is quite intense, but Ike is perhaps the most laid back individual I think I've ever met in soccer. And, um, you know, the fact that he's doing his own podcast now, which, which is a wonderful listen, as you mentioned, um, you know, he's, uh, he, he was a really good addition to the club for sure. Um, and obviously, you know, defender of the year, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, goes without saying, but, um, yeah, we should do more with Ike. We should really yeah. try more with Ike, for sure. He's an interesting mix of, and I found, I think Jan is a little bit this way too, and it's one of those things that's becoming more apparent as as the team uh, is sort of growing into itself, that it's not so much that, I mean, and Ike displays this too, it's like his his intensity and focus on a game day is incredible. And people talk about it, Chase has talked about it to me before, um, about that, like, Ike on game day is like he's completely focused on it. When he gets out there, he's incredibly intense. In training, those guys go hard as well. But then it's like as soon as that's over, they can sort of pull back out of it and just be together and be guys and be kind of chill. And I think that you see that from like Jan is the same way. He's incredibly competitive, incredibly intense. And then when you talk to him, especially if it's like off the record or whatever like that, he's just a funny, you know, sort of casual guy um and that's it, it's it's part of the identity of the team identity of, identity of the team that i think is is coming through more and more um and i think some of the young guys also have that 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 quality so i think chase and hassani who we're going to hear from next uh fit into that mold of committed focused dedicated and then when it's when it's done when it's training's done we we can just be friends we can hang out you know and and that's fun uh, i forgot i listened to this uh interview with chase and hassani right after the end of their rookie year which we did with them up at NSC. And uh, 
I had, I remember the, the conversation being great. We talked about um, uh, college soccer, which was really interesting. There's a lot of interesting extended discussion about how to make college soccer work better. But my favorite little clip was just asking them both about the first time they came to Minnesota. Yeah. So what was, what was your first impression Hassani of like Minnesota of coming here and coming to the Twin Cities. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you, you guys have to come here in like January, right? So, yeah, yeah. So it was really cold. Um, I got picked up by Biggs. So oh, I Biggs. mean, it was, he's a good guy. He is. But the first thing, and I'll always tell this story, is we we're all getting ready to go out um, to eat at a, was it, Vietnamese place? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Pub. And I just took a shower. So I just put some like product in my hair, blah, blah, blah. Got all ready. I walk outside within 30 seconds, like I feel my hair is hard. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, what is that? My hair had frozen. And I was like, oh, this place is insane. It's cold. It so, gets extremely yeah. real very quickly. Yeah, so that's that's my story. What about you, Chase? Yeah, mine was um, similar. Mine was just as soon as uh, when I got here for the first time. I've never been to Minnesota and I'd heard, I'd heard about the cold, but I was like, all right, I'm from Virginia. It gets down to, you know, like 20. <laughs> it's cold in Virginia. <laughs> so I, was like, I, I, sure. I, know, I know cold. <laughs> and then I walked out of the air. Uh, I called Ryan. Ryan Natouche came and picked me up. And uh, so I got my bags from baggage claim and I called Ryan. And I start walking outside and I see what have to be native Minnesotans. <laughs> in short sleeve t-shirt and shorts, but you can see their breath, like every, every breath that they take. It's just, so I was like, wait, it's definitely freezing outside, but this guy's wearing shorts. And so I was like, all right, I'll be able to handle this. And as soon as I walked out, I, I checked my phone. It was like negative 13 or something. And Ryan, it's a nice day. It's yeah, a yeah, nice it was, January. It was, it was a good, uh, it was good timing. Cause Ryan pulled up and when that like negative 13 wind chill hit my face and Ryan's like, are you chase? I was like, no, actually I'm not. I'm late for my flight home. That's what I am. I'll see you later. Yeah, so I'm like turning around thinking, okay, I messed up. I need to get out of here. But, um, luckily I got in the car and it worked out. That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> I, I can't really decide which of those stories I like better, but I, I, I think that I'm going to make it a policy to now always ask players because they arrive in January. You know, like what, what is that first impression of, of, of Minnesota like? And those guys are, those guys are great to talk to. And it was great to have them both on at the same time. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. They obviously bounce off of each other. They're, um, they, they both had splendid rookie years as well. So uh, confidence was high. They were in, in uh, good fettle. And um, yeah, again, we, sh we should do more stuff with people like that. They, um, they're good talkers. Obviously, we spoke to Chase a couple of weeks ago. Um, yep. And uh, he, he, again, was, was uh, wonderful. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was really, really good. And um, I mean, look, I I've said this before, and, and I'll say it again. I've got no problem saying this. Um, I actually think Hassani Dotson, from a, a, a footballing point of view, I actually think could be one of the next ones that actually goes over to Europe and is, is scouted by what, what seems to be a trend now where you're a young American player in Major League Soccer and you end up making the move to uh, to Germany, whether it's Bundesliga or, or, or the Bundesliga 2, it doesn't matter. Um, it would not surprise me at all if he, you know, I mean, obviously we, <laughs> we don't know what the season is going to look like yet, but if he, right. if he has another season like he did last year, I, I would not be surprised at all. I, I think he is... He is uh, one of the best players in his age bracket in this country, and uh, I'm really excited for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope he gets the chance to have a good, you know, a, a good run this season. Um, and we'll get into a little bit. We're going to talk about Ozzy a little bit farther down the show, but um, you know, talking about, you know, like. Ozzy being able to play for a number of years for us, like I don't want him to lose that opportunity to lose one of those years since it's probably, you know, we're, we're talking about him playing two, three years or something like that. But um, a much younger guy, uh, Tyler Miller, we had on the show not all that long ago, uh, although it feels like a really long time ago. This was episode 94, if you can believe it, uh, which was not that, or 91 actually. Uh, and we had him up at the at NSC where we've got a new podcast studio that is just coming together, but we haven't gotten to use yet. Instead, we're on Zoom doing this. 
Um, and Tyler was great. Another great guest, uh, great guy to talk to. A lot of fun experiences. Talked about his experience in LA with LAFC. Uh, a little bit about coming to the league uh, with Seattle, where he began. Um, but he also, we also went all the way back to his first experience playing goalkeeper. And I, I love this story from him. I'm sure every kid plays many different positions. Yeah. Like, when did you come to goalkeeping, and what what were you doing before that? Yeah, so I started off playing on the field, and uh, I followed like both my older brothers, especially my bitter brother Kyle. Kyle, he he was a forward, and so I was like, well, let me try and be a forward. I want to be like you. I want to score goals, and got to be around like eight or nine, and I was just like on the bench one day, and I remember the day vividly. Still, it's weird. Like there was there were ducks like flying over in a V formation. And I was like, huh. And then the second half, I uh, I talked to the coach and he's like, who wants to play goalie? And I'm like, sure, I'll try it out. Like, why not? And nothing happened the entire game, <laughs> but I got to punt the ball. <laughs> I think like, that moment of like getting to pick it up and just kick, kick it, it as far as, as I can. <laughs> that was like, this is so cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> I just love his, and I can really feel his memory of that enthusiasm for that chance, you know, and you think about how kids get into sports like that and just, you know, that moment of I'm going to do this thing like, oh, sure, a goalkeeper, what do I do? And then, you know, in youth soccer, maybe no, the ball never comes down to your end, but then you get it and it's like the coach is like, just kick it. And you're like, how? and then you kick it really far and you're like, oh, I want to do that again. <laughs> I love that story. It's, it's strange because, um, well, it's strange to me anyway, um, obviously not being from this country. These sort of stories about, you know, someone playing another sport or whatever and then coming into soccer and, and, and finding a love for it or whatever, you know. Um, majority of the rest of the world, obviously, it's it, it's soccer and, and that's it. Now, obviously, there's other sports that people play, but for the most part, um, it's it's just soccer. And um, uh, it, it, it's great to see. Um, it's great to see people like Tyler Miller actually choosing soccer and, and getting that experience uh, to, to play the game for the first time and falling in love with it almost uh, instantaneously. So, um, I, I mean, punting the ball, perhaps not the most um, <laughs> graceful part of the game, but uh, hey, you know, whatever works for you, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we're going to get into some things, some non-interview things, just because some of my favorite stuff that happens on the show week to week is just it's been getting to know you, Cal, and and getting to build a rapport with you. I came into the club having covered the NBA for a number of years, and I, I was on a, a regular podcast about that, and I sort of had gotten comfortable with doing doing that. Um, and it's kind of fun to get to know somebody, you know, through your work. And I think we've done that a lot. I often ask you curveball questions at the at the top of the podcast. I just want to throw something out there to get your opinion on. Um, and this was from episode twenty three. And our habit has been to record the podcast in the morning, nine, 10, you know, so we're relatively fresh. This one, we didn't get to record until 4 p.m., which is like the witching hour. You know, you're just barely there. Uh, so let's, let, let's hear a little bit of what happened uh, for this question. If you could only have one condiment to use across all food paradigms for the rest of your life, what would it be? Spoon. No, that's a that's a utensil. Ketchup, mustard, mayo. Oh, sorry. It's been a long day, Steve. I know. <laughs> I just, I love the confidence with which you were like, you didn't even ask any qualification questions. You're just like, spoon. Spoon, that's it. Yeah, that I remember that day was a long day. What's the term of phrase you use? Dragging ass, is it? Yes. That, that day, that, that was a very, that was a long week. I think we had like, was it three games in, in seven days or something? And two of them were on the road. I, I was completely cream crackered. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I still stand by it. Spoon. I would yeah. use a spoon all the time. <laughs> there you go. For whatever mustard, mayo, whatever, ketchup, whatever you put on, you're going to use a spoon to put it on. So Absolutely. You put all the, all the condiments on the spoon. I, I need a spoon to mix my tea. You know, spoon for life. There you no. go. We, we had, and then the very next week, this was episode 24, after we had been in uh, Kansas City uh, together, there was a, a little further discussion of, of, of the spoon. So, so uh, let's talk a little bit about Kansas City. We were both down there mm. in, in Kansas City. Uh, we were roomies. I was just about to say, so we obviously, whenever we cross paths in the office or at training, we always say, good afternoon, good morning, potty. Yes. Because we are podcasters. Yes. 
Um, does this now mean that we have to break that trend and say hello, Rumi? Rumi, have we moved up? I think we've moved up in, in the, the ladder, if in you will, level the, of... the, the life ladder. Yes, we've moved yes. <laughs> I mean, I was a little disappointed because we got to the hotel, you know, and then we checked in. We had a, we went into the room and there was a king bed, which is what I had requested. But yeah. you quickly fixed it and I didn't want to say anything. So. Well, see, see, this is the thing, right? So I, I have, I quite rightly so, received a copious amount of, of abuse for saying the word spoon on last week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but what people aren't realizing here, all I wanted to do was spoon. That's all I was saying. <laughs> you, know? you know, as you have said, you're a, you're a cuddly guy. So you, you really just felt the king bed was too big. So, I, I mean, I, I was delighted with it. I just assumed that you wouldn't want to do that. So, look, I mean, <laughs> I, I am a big spoon guy. I love a good spoon. <laughs> so, uh... Clearly. Um Sort of along, I mean, again, with these, with these random questions, I think whenever we have um, holidays or things coming up, I, you know, I try to turn, tie it into current events. So uh, we did have a good discussion about Halloween in, in England and, and Halloween uh, candy in particular and your, your favorite kinds of candy. Uh, so let's, let's, let's check in with Cal on, on, on the Halloween candy. All right, so we're going to close with uh, a little bit about Halloween. Now, do you have... Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I need, like, the lightning crash and then, like, cackling witch. So Tyson doll Tyson, that can you do that for us? That'd be great, yeah. Um, all right, so how, tell me about British Halloween. Oh, it's crap. Yeah. Compared to you it's guys. garbage. Yeah, yeah, it's just... I mean, your candy is awful to begin with. What? Like, it's all licorice and... No way! <laughs> It's I've, all I've, spotted dick. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> they give that out. Well, look, I t- so I'm, I'm going. Tell back, me about um, little Callum Williams going trick or treating. Well, so, so I didn't really do it that much, to be honest. I mean, it, yes, it's a thing in England, but okay. not to the extent that you guys sure. do. Much, much like the celebration as well. Okay. Um, on Sunday after the game in Columbus, we uh, we went out and, and had a, a beer and whatnot, and um, there were people celebrating all over the place. And I just kind of thought to myself, this. We don't really dress up like you guys and whatnot, but but what I will do, I, I will did take. Did you dress up as a kid? Did you ever dress up in? Hollywood? I'm sure I did, okay. yeah, but I don't really remember properly doing it. Okay. But what what I will say is, so I, I'm going back to England during a portion of the off season. I will bring you back some British candy. All right. And Let's do a taste test. My word, if you tell me that it's bad, I'm going to punch you. All right. Because it's right. good. I'm, I'm still waiting on the British candy. It it never came. Yeah, as soon as I heard myself say that, I thought, oh, I, I, I never delivered, did I? So, hey, look, I haven't been back to England for a long time. So, I, um, we, you know, whenever we can travel, whenever I get to go back, Steve, I will make a note and I will bring you back some British candy. Because, look, now having lived in, in the U.S. For, for some time, I accept the argument that, that the majority of your guys' food is certainly better than what it is in the UK. I completely agree with that. That doesn't mean there's bad food in England because sure. there's some good food. You've got to look for it. Sure. Um, however, from a, a candy standpoint, I actually think we're probably just as good. Right. So I, I um, you, you just have a more, uh, you have more variety. But as we've said in the past, it, it, uh, amongst various different subjects, quantity doesn't mean quality, Mr. McPherson. <laughs> Fair enough. So, I shall Fair bring up some quality British candy for you. Fair enough. There's a second part to this Halloween candy discussion also, which is um, I asked you about your favorite American candy, um, and you couldn't figure out what you were talking about, which is this is one of my favorite favorite bits also. <laughs> Forget about the British candy. The U.S. candy. Mm. What do you favor in, in the United States for candy? What's your favorite? Um, oh, what's it called? It's I, I'm a big... Um, it's stuff that you can like really chew on. It's not toffee, but it's um. <sighs> so in England, in England, it's called uh, a refresher. What the? But it's uh, <laughs> it's you know like the I don't know what material is called. You know like stuff that you it takes a while to chew on. Okay. And it's filled with <clears throat> sugar or whatever or I don't know. Like Charleston chew. I know what that is, but sure, Jeez. yeah. It this sounds guy. great. It sounds yeah. great. Um, yeah. uh, Nougat? No, no, no. It's not gum. You're not talking it's about not, gum. Not... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're not supposed to eat it? <laughs> what do you Americans call this stuff? It's, uh, I'm doing like an Australian accent. I can't, even... um, I, I can't know what it's called. It, it, it's just like, like chew, chews. We've had them in the video room for the last like two weeks, I think. Okay. I just can't know what they're called. I'm okay. stuffing my face with Car- them. Caramel? No, it's not. It's not caramel. It, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Oh my word! You're, di- you're a disaster. I am. Can we get a different guest next it's week? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Did you ever figure out what a refresher is? Um, so the comparison okay. is what you guys call Jolly Ranchers. Oh, okay. A Jolly Rancher. <laughs> so like a hard candy. Yes. Uh, but but there's, there's a softer version of it. Sure, sure. I see, um, yeah. Okay. And, and, and I, don't, I still don't know if that's the appropriate name, but I know that's the brand anyway. And <laughs> Max, I, I tell you, we, we have a, um, a, any um, videos that you see on the Minnesota United website or YouTube or whatever uh, are, are done by two exceptional video editors, uh, Scott Sikic and, and in particular Sam Plucker. And they, from time to time in the video room, will bring in these bags <laughs> of candy. That's when I'm in a bit of trouble because once I have one, I, I can't stop. So I've told them to stop bringing candy in because I used to eat it all. And particularly if it's the Jolly Rancher type, I'm, I'm in trouble there. So, um, yeah, may, maybe that answers the question. Jolly Rancher, but the, the chewy type, not the okay. hard candy type. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, so now I have tormented you by playing some clips where you couldn't figure out what you were talking about. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leaven this with a, a clip I found, which I think you get everything exactly right. We don't do a lot of like predictive stuff. We do some, we talk about players, but I think we tend to emphasize a lot about how so much is unknowable and, you know, it depends a lot on, on circumstances. Uh, this was, this was you talking about Ozzy Alonso when we got Ozzy Alonso and I was like, he got this exactly right. So. Hard as nails. Uh, honestly, I yeah. think if he were to step on a nail, that nail would bend or break. <laughs> he's, I like it. Yes. You know, he, he, he's a colossal presence in midfield. I've been an admirer for a long time. He was dominant for the Sounders throughout those 10 years. I would argue in the conversation of top three holding midfielders in Major League Soccer mm -hmm. over those last 10 years as well. So big fan of his. I, I understand people saying that they they perhaps would have wanted him a little younger. But in my opinion, this this comes at a perfect timing for made for Minnesota United in Major League Soccer. Because the one thing that I think the Loons have lacked is is leadership on mm -hmm. the field. Now, over 275 MLS appearances for Ozzy Alonso. I think and, and throughout the majority of those, he's been captain of a very successful MLS team as well. Right. I think him coming into this team right now with Jan Gregus alongside him, I think that's perhaps as solid as the Minnesota United central midfield has ever looked in Major League Soccer. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So I just want to give you a little applause for that because that was before the season even happened and we saw how how last season played out with the leadership um, of, of Ozzy Alonso once, you know, especially once he became captain, but he and, and Jan Gregus in that, in that midfield um, were, were fantastic. And I think that's, that was one of the major keys to the success last season. So, so kudos to you. Well, I appreciate it, but the simple fact of the matter is, Steve, anybody with half a footballing brain could figure that one out. <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, like, but just, you know, there was questions about, like, what, you know, the age, things like that. And, and he obviously showed that <clears throat> he, was, he was up to the challenge, and, and, and he's, he's been fantastic. So don't qualify your successes. Just, just, just take it. Um, on the, I also have uh, a couple times, uh, I'm still working on this idea. Uh, I'm, I'm starting up my entrepreneurial uh, businesses. I have, I have concepts and, uh, I, I propose to you, I pitched the idea of you as the, the spokesperson for my new restaurant endeavor. I'm here with Callum Williams. Cal, I have an entrepreneurial opportunity for you. All right. I am interested in opening a sub shop here in the twin cities where we will serve not six inch, not foot long, but foot and a half long subs. I would like to make you the face of this franchise and it would be called craving half a yard. <laughs> your thoughts um well I, i'm first of all honored that you've taken notes uh of, of my commentary so um uh yes i shall gladly um gladly help you on this endeavor for sure <laughs> i think the, the british tones and then you know the combination of delicious sandwiches that are are one and a half feet long uh i just i don't know how anyone could resist so i i think so and um you know, we we could have a sprinkling of of different uh, options, and and we we could name different sandwiches uh, other things, couldn't we? we? We could name them like the um, the myriad of maybes or, yes. or something. Some or, kind of alliterative, you know. Mm -hmm. You could name them after players as another option. You could but. do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I'm all in. I'm sold. I'll see if I can come up with some uh, some sandwich names for next week. Um, this is all about brainstorming. So. Um, I'll, I'll look into 
what I think would be some quality sandwich options, and then we can get this started. So, well, I tell you what, uh, I would have a, sp- a specialty, and okay. it would be called the lovely bloke. Okay. Um, and it would be. <laughs> I love uh, this as an Empress sandwich. <laughs> it would be uh, buffalo chicken. Okay. Um, with I don't know, um, uh, little bits and bobs of uh, <laughs> vegetables. I don't sure. know. Sure. Um, but mainly buffalo chicken okay. and a bit of cheese or okay. something like that. That, that would be the lovely delicious. Bloke. The lovely bloke. I still love the name the lovely bloke for a sandwich. I, I don't know if you've completely sold me on bits and bobs of vegetables, but um, it sounds a little disorganized. But I still like the concept. I haven't. I, I have to admit, I don't think I've come up with any other names for sandwiches, but I think it's still a good idea. I, I think so as well. And uh, I'm actually now really wanting a lovely bloke. Some of that buffalo chicken sounds perfect right now uh, but we never came up with anything else did we and we, we need to uh, you know we have a little bit of time on our hands now so perhaps we need to, to push this endeavor a little further i think so i think i think now is the time that we're, you know we're still we're still locked down here so should i'll come up with I'll, i promise i'll come up with some more sandwiches for our for our next podcast for our 101st podcast um a thing that i had forgotten um or okay so if you've listened to any podcast any episode of our podcast all the way through um, which I don't blame you if you don't get all the way to the end. Usually if I'm listening to a podcast and I get to the thanks for listening, I just shut it off, right? I understand. Um, but I always apologize to Richard Wagner. And I was like, I couldn't, I was like, I know I do this every week. It's in the notes every time. And I know I, it's, a, it's a running gag, but I couldn't, I didn't really remember exactly what it was about. Uh, but I went back and I found that it was about Kai Wagner, who plays for the Philadelphia Union, was the the origin of this. So there's sort of a part one and part two of this clip. Uh, the first part is from the body of the podcast. Now, is it, it's Wagner, right? Yes. Kai? Kai Wagner, yes. Kai Wagner. I, it's funny because I've been looking at his name, you know, in fantasy sort of over the season. I'm like, Wagner, right? You know? And I'm like, it's, 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 it's Wagner, which makes me think it's, it, it makes me think of Richard Wagner, the composer, which is, so anybody who talks about Wagner lining up at, at fullback, I think of like Richard Wagner, the composer lining up at fullback. Anyways, um, enough. So this was in a podcast that I had also, uh, I had also crapped on a bunch of other people, um, including Bobby Warshaw. And I was just apologizing to everybody at the end. And that's, that's where this started. Thanks everybody also for listening to the podcast. I feel like I don't thank our listeners enough, but thank you everybody. Thank you. We love you. Thanks Bobby Warshaw. Thank you. Who was the other person I disparaged? Um, um, Santos, he's somebody. Pretty, Sergio Santos. Yeah. He's my, he's oh, the composer. Oh, Richard, Richard Wagner. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Sorry, Richard Wagner. Um, <laughs> I'm going to apologize to Richard Wagner every week now. Uh, leave us a nice review on. And I have, I have kept my promise to apologize to Richard Wagner every week. So it's 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 staying in there. You you have you you've kept your word, and I suspect if if Richard Wagner ever makes an appearance in the Twin Cities, he may owe you a glass of wine, maybe. Yeah, I, he might be dead. Um, so. I, I think, think that may be, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, if he, yeah, he's going to come from the grave for me, apparently, if I, if I continue to offend him. All right, we're almost there. we got two more bits that I wanted to share. Uh, two of my absolute favorites. I uh, saved the best for last year. Uh, the first one comes from episode 70, where we took questions uh, from listeners for the first time, where we put out a call on Twitter for people to to send us uh, questions. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to let this one roll because it's, it's one of my favorite bits. Uh, there's a couple, we got a lot of questions for you. Oh dear. Nobody cares about me. Uh, Glenn Williams wants to know how come Cal hasn't got a Birmingham accent? <sighs> so for those unaware, that's actually my father. Okay. In the question there. Um, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Williams now yeah. makes sense. Okay. Um, is what's, he, what's, is, what, what's the Twitter handle? I, I don't remember. I didn't like, I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to make sure it is just in case. Cause there's it, plenty of Glenn Williams out there. It, it probably is. Um, it, 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 is it because you're ashamed of your hair? <laughs> is, <laughs> is that the underlying message there? Um, no, I, 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 I guess I don't have a Birmingham accent because I haven't lived there for a long time. Slap, you know? Slapper 53. Yes. yes that's yeah, my father. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, give him a follow. Right it's interesting. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I didn't read these questions. Um, Dad, you know I don't have a Birmingham accent because um, I um, had slight training by the BBC for a little while. Uh, and I don't think I've ever had a Birmingham accent, to be honest, or stronger accent anyway. Uh, it, it comes out when I have a couple of shandies, sure. no doubt about okay. it. Um, but um, I, I guess I, I haven't, you know... I haven't really lived in Birmingham over the course of the last nine or 10 years. I've lived in Birmingham for two years, three years, maybe, you know, at the max. So, yeah. um, 
as long as I remain English, that's all I care about, really. <laughs> I will say this. I watched a video on the Birmingham accent, uh, some people talking about the elements of it. And th- you do have elements of it. Like mm. some of the things they talked about. They talked about what I believe, this is, this is a dialectical thing, but the intrusive K at the end of ING words. Like you will say goink. Like you'll get that oh, little, do I? Okay. you'll get a little bit of that K at the end sometimes. Um, but there's other things that you didn't have, uh, you know, so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, uh, I loved being, this is my introduction to your father as a, as a, as a Twitter troll, essentially. And it was, it was just delightful to be surprised by that. Just my dad to call me out for not sounding like a brummy anymore. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. That was uh, that, that was intriguing. Yeah, I, I remember just thinking, "Oh my words, what are we doing?" Um, yeah, but hey, it still stands. I, I I haven't had a Birmingham accent for a long time, and it's interesting. Every time I do go back home, Steve, I get absolutely annihilated by my mates in the pub yeah. um, because I don't sound like I'm from from home anymore. I, I haven't for a long time, and um, as I said in the clip, that I don't think I. I don't ever recall having a really strong, robust Birmingham sure. accent. Um, but that's not to say after a couple of drinks, it, it doesn't make uh, the odd appearance, you know? Yeah, I have uh, I have committed to uh, watching Peaky Blinders uh, at long last uh, coming up here. That is the Birmingham accent, right? Yeah, there. exactly. I know that, so I'll, I'll get I'll get well familiar with the Birmingham accent. All right, this is the last one, and this is uh, Cal has a way of sometimes winding himself up into real gusts of feeling and rhetoric. And he spontaneously did this discussing MLS and the importance of MLS. And uh, it, we, we, we added a little cinema to it. Tyson had a little cinema after the fact. And uh, I just, I had a smile on my face the whole time listening to this when I was going back through clips. So, you know, this, this is, you mentioned Davies and a couple of other people there. For me now, I, you know, obviously with the Premier League starting and everything, you know, it's great to see the Premier League starting. It's great to have Bundesliga and La Liga and so easy to watch in this country as well. Mm. But let's be proud of Major League Soccer. Like it's <laughs> yes. our league, you know. It's it, it's a league that has, has grown so much over the last couple of years. And when we have Clint Dempsey, who started his career, obviously went elsewhere and was tremendous. He came back here when he could have gone so many other places, finished here strongly. Alfonso Davies was produced in a North American soccer academy. Yeah. Now he's going to Bayern Munich. Yeah. Let's be proud of Major League Soccer. I'm sick of people <laughs> just saying, oh, you know, it's it's MLS, you know, it, it, it's a certain standard. Yeah, it is a certain standard. It's a good one. Yeah. You know, so just be proud of your league, you know. And uh, as I said, I have no problem with people supporting uh, Premier League and wearing Manchester United jerseys or whatever, you know. But remember, you, you've got a team in your area as well wherever you're listening to this you've more than likely got a team in your area support your team because if you want major league soccer to be as good as your premier league team and whatnot it comes down to you watching your team on television and putting your bum on a seat together we can grow this league and right now it's the best it's ever been and with your help it's only going to get better Wow, that was like Winston Churchill. Sorry. <laughs> the, the, the British accent really helped carry it. I felt, I was like, I, I was waiting for some strings. Can we get some strings behind us? Like, okay. Um, thanks for, that was great. I agree with what, exactly what you said. Um, I don't mean you. to undercut you. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just so happy because I was listening to you do that. You know, no music, obviously. It, it was just working. And then when I asked Tyson to do that, and then I, I heard it in the final product, it's, it's so perfect. Like, it's like an advertisement. It was amazing. <laughs> How tedious. Oh, my word. I just, do you know the whole thing? I just wanted to say to myself, shut up. Just shut up. My word. It was great. It was great. It's like the whole, it just came up to the, and with your help, like it can. Like I just, I was, I was getting emotional. It was great. So it went on a bit of a, a tireless tangent there, didn't I? There's absolutely no, it was probably a Tuesday afternoon. There was no, no reason, no need for it at all. No. But I, hey, as you mentioned, sometimes I go off on these little tangents and, uh, you know, no, it's, it, it's obviously a, a passion, you know, it, it, this, this league is great. And, yeah. you know, I, I, it kills me at times when I see people that don't, don't give it a, a, the credit that it deserves because it really does. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the, the other thing that I said earlier on, Steve, about, about fans, um, our fans would would fit anywhere in the world, and and you know, look at times we we disagree on things. Great, that doesn't mean we dislike each other. It's just football. It's just the way it is. There's dialects. There's there's opinions. It it just, I think, 
the fans here in, in Major League Soccer are a lot more educated than, than people give them credit for in the rest of the world because there's that that age-old tale of, of Americans not knowing anything. And look, of course, we, we have new fans coming in and whatnot, and great, that, that's brilliant. Embrace it. Let us come and, and have a chat with you and, and, and let us have a conversation about, about the sport and, and why we love it so much. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, I, as much as I was going on and on and on there, look, it, it's, <laughs> the, the league is great. The league is really good here. And, and I stand by what I said in terms of, look, it's, it's, it's never been this strong and it's only going to get up. It's, it's only going to get bigger and bigger. It's only going to rise up and, and with your help, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, for the 200th episode, I'm going to put music behind this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, I'll just keep it rolling. So um, that's, that's it's all the clips I have. Is, is there anything else you want to you wanna throw in there, looking, looking back at where we've come in uh, 100 episodes or where we're going right now? Oh, just, I mean, obviously, um, thank you for, for coming up with the idea, I guess. It's been wonderful to do it. Um, thanks to, to Tyson for editing and putting everything together and producing. And um, more importantly, thanks very much to the listeners, because I think you and I were both surprised, weren't we, at the amount of people that actually uh, actually want to listen to, to our garbage. So, um, yes. you know, it was, uh, it was quite surprising, quite a pleasant surprise. So, yeah, I mean, look, a massive thank you to the, to the listener. And, um, you know, let's, let's go again, shall we? Yeah, I'll echo all that. Thanks, everybody, uh, you know, for listening every week. Uh, you know, it's for interacting with us on Twitter, uh, for everything you guys do out there. It's 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 great. We're going to we're going to keep doing it, you know, so long as we can. So uh, so thanks for joining us for the 100th Sound of the Loons podcast. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five star rating and follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC and Cal at CalWilliams.com and me at Steve Venturis. Apologies, as always, to Richard Wagner. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are. Hold up. 